Uh, we're doing a series uh, this month on Wednesday nights. We have one more tonight's the third one uh, on a peculiar people. Turn to your neighbor and say, "We are peculiar." I mean, God called us peculiar, and uh, you know, you've had somebody say you're odd, but this is a good odd, amen. This is the way God wants us to be in a world that's getting darker and darker when the church is supposed to be getting brighter and brighter. And I wanted to put that scripture up in First Peter two nine. Um, tonight is position for victory. Oh no, that's my husband's message. I'm not going to say that. Are you coming up here? Okay. A peculiar people. Courage begins with humility. Now this is going to be a, a, a little different way of talking about two things tonight in the character, basically of a believer of what we're supposed to look like. And, uh, everybody say this courage begins with humility. And, uh, you know, sometimes people have those words messed up and what they believe those definitions are, but that's what I felt the Holy Spirit gave me as a title for this. And I had felt to share on courage, and Pastor Bill talked about courage and uh, discouragement on Sunday uh, in his message. And if we're not courageous, uh, you know, we can become very discouraged in our walk, even with the Lord, even knowing the Word of God. And so tonight... I believe that this word will help all of us. But this is what it says in 1 Peter 2.9. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And uh, in the first Wednesday night of the month, we talked about specifically that scripture, that we are a chosen generation. If you know Christ, if you're in the kingdom of God, God has chosen you in this generation or any generation, there's never an age limit with God. And we watched it in the very youngest today to the very oldest. God still has plans and purposes for all of us. We're chosen by God on purpose. A royal priesthood, that means that he has exalted us into a position of authority and dominion, a holy nation, his own special people, that he may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which simply means that we're supposed to show the glory of God everywhere that we go. And in a dark world, we shine bright, the light of Jesus, the love of God. And, and I believe that's what the world's looking for. How many of you believe that the world today could use a good dose of Jesus? a good dose of the word of God, a good dose of the life that belongs to someone who belongs to Jesus. And, and so the world is looking at the church, uh, probably in my lifetime, a never a more persecuted time in the church. But when people are persecuting you, they're looking at you. If they're not persecuting you, I mean, they're not even paying attention. But if you're receiving persecution, then somebody is watching you and they're not liking what you do. I believe the enemy is seeing what the church is doing and he doesn't like that the light is getting brighter, even though the darkness is getting much darker. And so um, we talked about how we're different. We're separate from the world. And we're, we're all those things to show forth the praises of God. And then last week we talked about in Luke 21, 26, when it talks about how in the last days, which, you know, I believe we're living in the last days. I don't know when Jesus is coming, but I just go by the scripture that says when he comes, I will be found doing what he asked me to do. And so the moral of that story is be ready. Everybody say be ready. If you don't know Jesus tonight and you're in here, you need to be ready because you don't know when you're going to meet the Lord. And uh, so you need to know him and need to know what he has to say about your life. But it says in Luke 21, men's hearts failing them. This is in that time 
of, of the world getting darker from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. How many of you have heard, I'm sure you have, of the Malaysian jet that is nowhere to be found? God knows where that jet is. The enemy knows where that jet is. And I believe God is greater than the powers of the enemy. But things are happening. Things, how many of you ever thought that we could lose a 777? You know, I mean, that's just like impossible to think that we could lose a jet that big. Not, not know if it crashed, if it landed. We don't know what happened. It just disappeared. You know, I believe that, that the enemy is working against a time frame that God has set. And he knows his time is short, and he's been working for a long time, but I believe it's intensifying. And the church has to have who Christ is exploding out of us, just who he is and, and how he operates. And, and tonight, you know, we're not going to be talking about fear, uh, but we're going to be talking about courage. And uh, fear has to be eradicated for courage to take over. You can't be fearful and courageous at the same time. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're walking in fear, you're not going to be able to handle the things that are coming in the earth because the earth is shaking and things are shaking. People's positions in their jobs are shaking. Uh, I run into people weekly who had a job and, and now they don't. I mean, it's just overnight on Friday they hear that their position, uh, the normal thing is your position has been eliminated. You know, it's no longer exist. And, and that's happening all over. Um, I believe that we're going to see an economic, uh, really a downturn in our economic status in this nation. But it's not going to affect us. Just like Pastor Bill said during the offering, we live by a different kingdom set of rules. And, and our God is never out of money. Turn to your neighbor and say, he never runs out. He never runs out of, of whatever it is that we have need of. He has more than enough. It's his name, El Shaddai. So uh, in Genesis one twenty six, it says we're created in his image. And it says, then God said, and, and to, he said, let us, that would be Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in the very beginning in creation, in the time of creation in Genesis, let us make man in our image. You know, do you think that God or Jesus today if on the earth would look fearful. Uh, you know, when we look at Jesus, he's to be our example. Was he ever not courageous? Was he ever not the things that, uh, that we would like to be on any given day, but sometimes are not? It says he was a perfect man. He was without sin. But he also has created us with the power of the Holy Spirit to live a life that is above our circumstances. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, under the circumstances... Pastor Billy Joe used to say, well, what are you doing there? Why are you under the circumstances? We are to be above the circumstances. In other words, we see from another perspective. And when we're created in this image, it says, let them have dominion. Everybody say dominion. Dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, and over every living thing. Uh, that creeps on the earth. I've heard somebody say that we have dominion over all creeps. Do any of you know a few? You know, we have dominion over all the creepy things that the enemy is doing in the earth today, like causing jets to disappear through evil minds that he's perverted into thinking oftentimes that they're, they're actually doing a good thing when they're doing evil. And so when we see what is coming, if we're created in his image, then our character would be like his character. And what we do would be like what 
He does. And so I was looking in the Bible, and I want us to look at Joshua 1. Because Joshua was a man that God called uh, not just when Moses died, but he called, he called him uh, ahead of that time. And we're going to look at some scriptures. I'm going to give you some scriptures. But let's just look at Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Everybody say, Moses' assistant. Now, you know, he's been in a position uh, if you understand the scripture of helping Moses, of being there for Moses, learning from Moses, uh, how things are done by God. That was his mentor, so to speak, or someone that God put him with to learn from. Uh, we were very blessed, my husband and I, for several years to be mentored by a man who was, well, probably what, 15 years younger than us, 15 years younger than my husband, a uh, young man, but he was a man that God had called for the season. Everybody say, a mentor doesn't have an age. You know, there are some people who are young who have given their life over to the Lord and know more than someone who's sitting in the pew waiting on the Lord to come to get him. Because they have applied the word of God. They've walked the word of God. They've, they've experienced the things of God. So age isn't the, the factor here. But Joshua was with Moses from, I don't know exactly when he came on the scene. Well, I know when he came on the scene, but I don't know how old he was. And, uh, but he was with him the entire time, all the way through the wilderness experience. And, and when he finally really came out of that, he and Caleb, the two of them, the two that actually lived through that wilderness experience uh, that were with Moses in the beginning, they were in their 80s. They, they were not young men. They were older men. But, of course, in that day, they lived longer. But still, their purpose was still intact. They still had a mission. They still had a directive. And, and Joshua fulfilled what God called him to do. It goes on to say, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Everybody say, God is giving it. Now, this isn't something they're going to earn. This is not something that's going to be based on their performance. It's very important because courage never comes from our ability when we're talking about spiritual things. Courage is not a natural thing that we're talking about tonight. I'm talking about courage to do the thing that God's called you to do that's impossible for you to do unless God shows up. And that's exactly what happened here. He said, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. So what God is doing is saying to the children of Israel, listen, this, and to, to Joshua, I'm going to do for you what I did for Moses. In other words, I am going to be the same God for you that I was for Moses. Do you know God is the same today, yesterday, yesterday? And forever, Jesus said, I am the same yesterday, today. I will never leave you or forsake you. So what he was saying is, I will always be there. I will always be with you. That promise is from God to us as well. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites into the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. He's telling him the entire promised land that I have spoken of belongs to you now. And he says, no man, everybody say no man. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now he says all of this 
Everybody say humility. Humility is not about being a, a poor, uh, inadequate worm, so to speak. You know, uh, it, it, you know in, the old, in the old covenant, it was like we had no value, no worth. You know, that's how it's interpreted. But then if, if you read in the scripture in Romans, it says, but that's not the way it is today. Because of Jesus. Everybody say, because of Jesus. We have worth. We have dominion. We have power through the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. So in our covenant, in the new covenant, for us, in our situation, this word, be strong. Everybody say, be strong. And of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Then he goes on and he says, only be. Everybody say, only be. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. He goes on and says, then meditate the word day and night. So what he's saying is, in the beginning, I'm the one who's going to do it. I'm the one that's going to make this all happen. I'm going to give it to you. God is saying, I, 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 I am that I am. The same guy that he said to Moses, I am that I am. That's who I am. And contained in that is everything we would ever need. Everything we would ever need to have courage to do what God is asking us to do. Uh, how many of you know it takes courage to do the impossible? And, and I believe that's what God is going to do amazing things in, the, in these last days. And I believe the church, there's going to be signs and wonders and miracles. And we're going to be the people that God uses because he says the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. And the glory is risen upon the church upon us. And so when people see us and they see the character, everybody say character, you know, uh, how many of you know somebody that, um, even though they know the Lord, even though, you know, they, you know, they, they have the right talk, their walk isn't their talk. Have you ever, those, those are people who are characters. All right. But their character has never been submitted to who God is to his image. And so humility, everybody say humility. Humility is a visual of a person who is walking in the character of God. Uh, Humility basically is just submission to God. It's doing what God says to do. Now, you know, there's, you know, all of you know the the definition of humility probably that would say, um, that you're not supposed to be proud or arrogant, which if you're walking in humility, those things won't be there. Uh, nothing about Jesus was proud or arrogant, but how many of you knew? No, he was courageous. Where did his courage come from? His courage came from knowing that God had sent him, that he was clothed in humility. I'll read it to you. It's in Philippians. It isn't up there on the screen, but I'll read it to you. It says how Christ uh, humbled himself. Everybody say humbled himself. What does that mean? That he submitted to God's plan for him. In other words, he submitted to God. And because he submitted to God, it's in Philippians. And it's in Philippians uh, chapter 2. And it even says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Uh, It says, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one accord of one one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, everybody say humility. 
Let each esteem others better than himself. That's a definition of humility, that we don't value uh, our, who we are over who other people are. Uh, better than himself. Let each of you look not only for his own interests, but the interests of others. Then it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of, everybody say form of, that would be the character of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of man and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the cross. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name, which is above every name, that at that name, Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's what's going to happen in these last days. When the church looks like Jesus, when the church character, not about position, uh, it doesn't, you know, not... Um, not everybody who's in a position is walking in the character of that position. Uh, have you ever heard the word hypocrite? <laughs> the church, you know, that, that's a favorite of those that don't go to church anymore. Well, they're just hypocrites. What does that mean? They said their character didn't match their talk. Who they were didn't match their talk. But the humility, everybody say humility. Humility in Christ came from this, that he believed And he acted on the fact that God had sent him, that God was with him, and that he was on a divine assignment. Everybody say an impossible one. But he knew, he knew everything he did, his father backed him 100% so he could have courage that when he spoke, that thing would be done. Everybody say courageous. And so if you look at Joshua and you look at Joshua chapter one, that's exactly what God did. He encouraged Joshua. He said, I, I will be with you like I was with Moses. What he was saying was, and, and we see it in the new covenant, it would be the same thing. Jesus, you're going to go into the earth. You'll die this death, but you will do it that all mankind will be saved. And Jesus knew when he came that that's who he was, but he humbled himself as the son of God and became the son of man. And he took on that identity, that character, but he walked in that character with courage. Even though he was humble, he was courageous. Are you getting this? And so uh, oftentimes um, when God, just think of this example, God tells you to do something. You say, I can't do that. That is pride. Humility is, okay, God, if you're going to do it, I I sign up. Uh Uh-oh, got quiet. See, we don't take that as pride. We take that as humility. I can't do that. Everybody say, that's not humility. Because when God says do something and we answer, yes, sir, that is not pride. That is courage. Are you getting this? God began to show me this. If you're not strong and courageous, then you cannot do the things that God has asked you to do. And, uh, you know, I, I was very wimpy. Uh, you know, I, I, I was pathetic, actually. Uh, you know, I, when Joyce Meyer said you can be pitiful or powerful, I was on the pitiful side of things. But I have learned that saying I can't do something is not humility. It is not, because God is not talking about me. He's talking about him. That's what he was talking to Joshua about. He said, 
I am going to cause you to take the people into the land. Now, was that because Joshua or was that because God was taking them into the land? Now, Joshua was qualified for this reason. From the very beginning, from in Exodus, when, when Moses brought the people to the mountain, said, do not touch this mountain. Do not touch this mountain. If you touch this mountain, you will die. Joshua was there at that time. And, and Joshua was there even before that when they got in a battle with the Amalekites. And in that battle, it says Joshua went out and fought the Amalekites while Aaron and Hur held up Moses' arms. But Joshua was his assistant. Everybody say his assistant. So he got to go fight, and Moses lifted his arms. But who gave him the battle? God. But what was God's plan? Moses lifts his arms, keeps his arms up. When his arms couldn't stay up, then two people had to help him. And Joshua did his part. Everybody say did his part. But his courage came from Moses telling him to go at that time because he was Moses' assistant. But as time went by, you know what Joshua became? He became his person to go with him into the presence of God. When God said, come up on this mountain and we're going to write these, I'm going to give you these things. And he gave him the 10 commandments. I'm way off my notes, but just follow me. You can go read it. It's in Exodus. And so when he got up on this mountain, it says, and and Joshua, his assistant went with him. You know who said to Moses, hey, there's a mess going on in the camp. There's a sound of war down there. And Moses is busy with God, and Joshua comes and says, hey, there's a, they, they, something's going on. You know who? Joshua. He was there. He was there. So he began to know who God was, being with Moses. See, when, when you have people of character that you hang with and you run around with, you're going to be able to start having the same kind of outlook or look. You'll become a lookalike. You will become a lookalike, and you'll become like them. And so as Joshua grew in this walk, if you read it, you read all through, especially after they came down off that mountain and, you know, Moses was irate and, and uh, he was upset with the people. And then it says he went into the tent of meeting with the Lord and he came out, but it says, and, Mo- and Joshua stayed in there. Everybody say, stayed in the presence. Say, you know, he was growing in his confidence and in courage so that when it came time, everybody say, when it came time. When it came time, Joshua, I know, had to be learning all through those scriptures. You can read one after another. And, and as he was learning everything about, about this experience, he got to that promised land. And when he got to that promised land, he and Caleb, when they came back, they're the ones that gave that report that said, hey, we can do this. And even Joshua said, just don't disobey Moses. No, by then he was saying, only do not disobey the Lord. Everybody say, do not disobey the Lord. See, his own character had been developed to a level now because he had been started with Moses, but now he's been with Moses with God, and now it's beginning to rub off on him. And so now he's starting to say that. You know, uh, I, t- I try to take my grandchildren with me a lot. We have ever since the beginning just because it was necessary. But I watch God uh, do things in my grandchildren. And, uh, and they know about prayer. And they, and they understand that God 
is a God, you know, that will take care of them. Now, they've learned that from teachers here in the church, too. But, you know, they hang around with us. And uh, little Molly, I, I had her a couple of years ago, and, and uh, I had her in my car in the back seat. And when I drive, she heard everything that went on on my car. I have a car phone that you push a button, and it says, you know, it, it'll ask me who I want to call. And, of course, she'd holler from the back seat who we're going to call. And then the lady call it and just thrill her, you know. So, But she wanted me to always call Pastor Bill's number. And uh, she loved it when he didn't answer. And he would say always, and whatever you need. And so she'd wait for it. And then she'd go, and whatever you need, Jesus is the answer. <laughs> and whatever you need. And she called me the other night, and she was just laughing. She said, Grandma, I heard Pop preaching. Maddie was listening to Pop in the car. And Pop said, liar, liar, pins on fire. And she just cracked up. She said, can you believe Pop said that when he was preaching? And, uh, you know, I think it's important. Everybody say important. That your children hang out around the things of God. Did you see those little kids? Did you see that little boy with sunglasses who was, that's Dan Peters' boy, Pastor Dan. You know, I mean, you know, they, they need, and your son was in there too, right with them. Uh, that just thrills me because when the children are around that and it's normal, everybody say normal, that, it, that becomes more normal than the world's normal. We are the new normal. Amen. We are the new normal for a world that's in big, big trouble. And so when, when God began to give me this, it says, um, in Deuteronomy 3.28, but command Joshua, this is, was God's word, to, and, and encourage him and strengthen him, for he shall go before this people, and he'll cause them to inherit the land. God began to speak to Moses and said, this is the one. I think Moses knew that all along. I think Moses knew this guy's beside me because there's a purpose and a destiny for his life. And it says, when Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, be strong. Everybody say, be strong. And of good courage. That's what he told him. He said, you be strong, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And it says, it goes on, it says, he inaugurated Joshua, the son of Nun, and said, be strong and of good courage, for you shall bring the children of Israel into the land which I swore to them, and I will be with you. And Joshua did what God said. And if you read the book of Joshua, it says he died of an old age, but he did do. And everything, and it says every word, everybody say every word. Every word that the Lord told him, he accomplished. That took courage. If you read that book, I mean, he's the guy that said, son, stand still. Everybody say courageous. <laughs> I haven't tried that on God yet. I've said, make that light green lots of times. Have you ever done that? <laughs> Turn the light green. I am, I am learning to be patient driving. Hallelujah. If you're ever at the corner of Greenbush and 52, do not go until you look both ways, even if the light is green, because those semis come through there and, you know, they're going so fast they can't get stopped and, and they go through red lights. And so be, be real cautious in today's world. The enemy is lurking out there. And uh, I, I've seen some pretty crazy things lately, but uh, let me get back to my message. This isn't about driving. Okay. Courage, mental or moral strength to venture, persevere and withstand danger fear or difficulty. Now, last week, the Lord said, talk on fear. This week, he said this. Uh, Humility is the quality or state of not thinking you are better than other people. Submission to God. And the Lord said to me, when you submit to me, you release grace. Everybody say grace. 
that's what he said to, to Joshua. You look at me. I will be with you, and I will be with you like I was with Moses. And when Joshua, he, when Joshua accepted that assignment and stepped across that Jordan, God released grace, God's ability to accomplish the task that was set before him. And he did overcome. Uh, I want to give you this. Samuel, or Saul, how many of you know Saul? Saul um, did not have humility. Saul had you know, he looked at himself and he looked at the people. Those are the two dangerous things to humility and courage. When people look at themselves, because see, humility has nothing to do with your ability, it has to do with God's ability. So when we look at self, we're not going to see what we need to see to be courageous to do the things God called us to do. And if you look at Saul's life, he failed miserably as a leader. In fact, he failed so badly that he got into rebellion and God just removed him from the office. But when I was reading the leadership Bible, it said, courage, now this is very important, courage and cowardice are both contagious. You know, courage and cowardice are both contagious. Without courage, it doesn't matter how good your intentions are. You know, we can all day long talk about what God's asked us to do, but until we start doing it, everybody say doing it. And to do what God asks you to do takes humility because it's a submission to God. It's a submission to his word. It's a submission to how he does it. It's a submission to walk out what he says. But you, then you begin to do it with courage. Only courage allows you to do what you're afraid of doing. And, and I believe that's true. Uh, you know, I, I've had to change my confession even just recently in playing the piano because I said, God, you know, I, I haven't played that piano for a long time time. And, uh, and, and, you know, your one leg is going like this on that pedal. The other leg's trying to hold steady over here, you know, and your brain's going a hundred miles a minute and your fingers are going fast. And, and there's no, the guitars help a lot, but they weren't here tonight. Did you notice? No guitars. And Brad, God tested me tonight. Brad forgot his trumpet. I just about went AWOL when I heard that because I had this big ending for how great is our God. Then sings my soul in the trumpet blast. But God said, is it about the trumpet or is it about me? I got it. I got it. I got it. Everybody say the anointing. The anointing does not count on us doing something spectacular. It counts on us doing what God says so he can be spectacular. Are you getting this? And so that gives you courage then. The more you see God come through and see him do what he wants to do. I'm going to run out of time, but I I will say this to you. Mary in the book of uh, Luke She's an example, I believe, a great example of a woman or a person who had no previous experience to being a virgin pregnant, engaged to a man that she had never had a relationship with to be pregnant. And yet, when the angel of the Lord said to her, you are highly favored, highly favored. And, you know, this could mean her death. Everybody say humility. She had to humble herself. She had to humble herself when she said, be it done to me according to your word. She humbled herself under the mighty hand of God at that point. And then God exalted her. But in that exaltation, that that humbling went all the way to the cross. Everybody say all the way to the cross. If you've ever seen the movie Jesus, I believe that's the way it was. She watched her son go carry that cross all the way up that mountain and die on that cross. She was there the entire time. It says in Luke, after she had the baby, it said, and Mary pondered all these things in her heart. 
She pondered what God said, and it gave her the courage to climb Calvary with her son. And that would have not been an easy thing to do. How many of you know that would have been very difficult? She went from being the one who had to humble herself to carry him in her womb to be the one who had to humble herself to go to Calvary. But the word of God says in 1 Peter, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due season. He will put you in a position where you will be strong and courageous, and he will get all the glory. Amen. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.